Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. We know there's still a problem at the border, right? Oh, don't get me wrong. I think the story of Andrew Cuomo is an important story. I think it is a key story in America. I don't mind people talking about it. I think they should talk about it. I think they should talk about the fact that his lead aide, Melissa DeRosa, has resigned. I think they should get into the fact that there are criminal charges now against him. Accusers saying, and I'm quoting, he needs professional help. You've got executive assistant number one coming out and saying, this is my name. This is what happened. Groped, hugged, and kissed without her consent. I think it's an absolutely massive story. I'm going to get into why. But I, we keep forgetting about the border. Oh, don't get me wrong. Infrastructure is an incredibly important story. $1.2 trillion of absolute nonsense. It is bigoted wealth redistribution. If you're going to have the Digital Equity Act, which is going to say we need to make sure that everybody has access to the Internet, but that access comes as part of, well, we take a look at how many people with this skin color or that skin color, and that determines the level of block grant that we give, screw off places in the Midwest that may not have uh, larger uh, black populations or Asian populations or Hispanic populations. You don't get nothing. As opposed to, let's build out broadband and let's make sure everybody has access. Anybody voting for this bipartisan infrastructure is kidding themselves well we need to fix the roads i don't make an argument that there aren't roads that need to be fixed i make the argument that this bipartisan nonsense is nonsense even senator todd young has figured it out while he allowed for the conversation to take place in the well of the senate he will not vote for the legislation a cloture has taken place. The vote will come. I assume it's going to pass because Republicans like Bill Cassidy of Louisiana are fools. And he keeps making this argument that it's going to stop the $3.5 trillion plan from uh, Pelosi and, and Senate Democrats that are going to do this via reconciliation. No Republican votes needed. Do it as a budget line item. Reconciliation, 50 votes plus the tiebreak from the vice president, you're done. That doesn't make things better. The $1.2 trillion is still a disaster. Neither should go through. Focus on infrastructure and nothing else. But if we're going to talk about the vice president, you're going to talk about the border. Because everybody sees very clearly how badly it's going and how bad she is. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, Tony Katz. Find everything, including my latest article, my appearances from Fox just yesterday at TonyKatz.com. The phone number, love to hear from you, as always, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. The Washington Post coming out and saying, look, there's no way uh, to explain this. The Biden's handling of the southern border is awful. The record number of migrants trying to enter the United States, as we have now seen, the the facilities are full. The overcrowding is massive. People are just being released into the country, or at least ninety uh, percent not appearing for court dates. And we don't know who has COVID or who doesn't. They're still being allowed into the country. Joe Biden is a failure, and Kamala Harris is a failure. 
If Democrats want to defend them, they're more than welcome to. But I will tell you this, if you bring up Trump in your defense of Biden, you're doing it wrong. Because Trump's not president, Biden is, and Biden's very bad at this job. He's bad at the job. The, the very basic understanding is that he's bad at the gig. That's all there is to it. And it doesn't matter that Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, tries to defend where the administration is on, on, you know, on the border. He can just try and defend all he wants. But this is one of the many reasons why Pete Buttigieg has never been an intellectual road scholar be damned. More things. Uh, does the Biden administration now consider the situation at the border a crisis? Look, we are going to continue to manage this in a way that balances uh, the security of this country with the need to do the right thing. But the most important thing, and, and you can use whatever word you want, but it's certainly something that has not been resolved over years and years, is the need for real, meaningful immigration reform. Another priority that a bipartisan uh, majority of the American people believe we ought to do, and that ought to happen here in Washington, yeah, too. But in He's blaming Congress not passing legislation on the border for what's happening on the border. These are two different things. This is Pete Buttigieg lying to America. Now, there are plenty of people who will absolutely buy into this kind of nonsense because they never once question. They're ideologues. They're not rational people. Ideologues do ideological things, and ideological things mean you don't look honestly at a situation. We have made the argument right here on this show, you and me both, that Congress could fix things at the border in 35 minutes, they choose not to. You don't like family separation? You can put an end to that via legislation in 35 minutes. Go do it. But they don't. Why? Because the truth is they like the issue because they think it's a good wedge issue and allows them to get elected. The proof of this is Representative Ocasio-Cortez and Senator Kamala Harris, who both had no problem visiting the border when Donald Trump was in office, and they'll cry and they'll wail and they'll take their photos and they'll gnash their teeth. But when Donald Trump, when Donald Trump is out of office, Joe Biden is in office, they don't show up. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez does not care if Hispanic children die. Now, you can tell me that's a little harsh. All I'm doing is noticing what she's doing. She doesn't show up. She doesn't move forward legislation. She doesn't do anything. Why isn't she crying at a fence? That's a famous photo, all dressed in white, crying at the fence. Oh, the children. She used to care about children. Now she doesn't care about children. I don't know. Maybe D.C. makes you a cynic. You spend enough time in, in Washington, D.C., and all of a sudden you're like, kids? F these people. I don't care about them. They don't mean nothing. And there's Pete Buttigieg trying to get you to believe that the problem at the border is the failure to pass amnesty. That's what he's saying, right? As opposed to Biden's awful policies, the removal of the Trump policies, and the unwillingness to say, no, you can't come across the border. Road Scholar. Of 2021, Customs and Border Protection encountered 188,829 people attempting to enter the southwest border. It was the 21-year high, uh, 5% from last from May, but 21-year high. Um, th th 
Is something going wrong on the border from the administration's per perspective? Well, something is wrong with America's decades-long failure to have comprehensive immigration reform, and there's clearly a lot of work to be done there. He won't answer the question. He, that was Brett Baer on Fox asking the question. He won't answer the question. But the Washington Post is. The Washington Post is very, very clear. Allow me to quote. It, in its apparent desperation to fashion an immigration strategy that will impose order on increasingly out-of-control migration, the Biden administration has unleashed a torrent of words and goals untethered to specific policies and timetables. Officials have effectively reversed and rolled back some of the Trump administration's most pernicious policies, but without a clear roadmap to address the immediate crisis, a decades-high surge in illegal border crossing, or the long-term challenge driving migration, dysfunction, disorder, and decay in Central America. First, what is driving migration is the willingness for America not to say, you can't come in, we close it all down. You can't come in, we're closing it all down. Now, that doesn't mean that there isn't dysfunction, disorder, and dis decay in Central America. There is. Of course there is. I'm simply saying that if you allow the border to stay open, if you allow people to come into the country, if you don't send them back, if you don't say no, if you don't say America first, this is what you get. And this is what we're getting. Everybody knows that she's incapable. Everybody knows that she's incompetent. Everybody knows that she can't do the job. Everyone knows the Biden administration is not up to the task. Why do I bring this up? We've got 24-7 COVID going on. You've got the Andrew Cuomo story going on. Because the border still exists as a problem, and so many of us are simply looking the other way. As if somehow it's not a subject. Look, I could share with you this. This is Miguel Cardona. He's the education secretary. Talking about schools opening in the United States, he's there on Face the Nation said in a briefing this week that governors in those states of Texas and Florida are putting politics, they're letting politics interfere. Do you see no merit, though, to their argument that basically the school experience um, is, is impinged by wearing a mask? Listen, I, I understand uh, the fatigue of wearing masks. I, I don't like wearing masks. I know my own children don't want to wear masks. Um, they are vaccinated, but we also understand that this is bigger than us. We're trying to keep infection rates low. And I think it's more dangerous for students to be home um, and have interrupt interrupted learning because of the decisions that we're making. We're clearly at a fork in the road in this country. You're either going to help students be in school in person and keep them safe or the decisions you make are going to hurt students does that mean if i don't favor masks i'm hurting students because masks don't work i don't mind this conversation we have this conversation it's important and all the while we forget about the border all the while we forget the disaster that is happening we're gonna dare talk about keeping children safe regarding covid and not talk about the thousands of illegal immigrants coming across the border and we don't know if they have covid or they're spreading covid what are we nuts 
But this is how people want us to try and go about these conversations, and the answer is no. No, we're going to cover everything here. We aren't going to avoid the conversations. We aren't going to let them go to the side. Kamala Harris is bad at her job. Pete Buttigieg will say anything he is told to say. Let me just also be clear that uh, Pete Buttigieg, uh, he is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, He's uh, incompetent? No, no, no. Um, He's in over his head. He was in over his head as the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. He's in over his head as the secretary of transportation. A guy who tells us that racism is baked into the streets is in over his head. And when he's asked about immigration, which I think is almost a weird question to ask the Secretary of Transportation, in and of itself, he takes the bait and defends them and blames Congress. Congress is not to blame for the Biden administration changing policy. Congress is to blame for not handling this thing for decades. Decades, Republicans and Democrats in charge alike. We are going to continue to pay attention, to watch, to see what's happening, to speak about it honestly. The border is the fault of Joe Biden. The border is the fault of the Democratic Party. The border is absolutely the responsibility of Kamala Harris because President Biden said it was, and she has done nothing. She is incompetent, certainly like Pete Buttigieg is in over his head. And if media wants to pretend that all is well, they're more than welcome to. We don't pretend here. We share the stories. And as much as Andrew Cuomo is a story, the border is an equally as important story. I've got more on Cuomo coming up, and the border is a more important story. Keep it here. Now, speaking of the the Delta variant, it is spreading as they're discussing. Australia is using the military to enforce new lockdowns. So what's the story of what's going to happen in the U.S.? This week, Stinchfield is answering questions about that and much more about lockdowns. Tune into Stinchfield on Newsmax. Find out about the new calls for lockdowns, masks, and forced vaccinations happening here In America, Stinchfield is on tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, exposing dangers to you and your family. What you want to know, what you need to know, Stinchfield has. Over 30 million Americans watch Newsmax. It's on all the major cable systems. Xfinity, 1115. Spectrum, 1315. Uverse, 1220. Mediacom, 277. DirecTV, 349. Dish, 216. AT&T TV, 349. And Fubo. So check your channel guide. If your operator doesn't carry it, Call them, tell them you want Newsmax, and it streams for free on Samsung, Roku, LG, Pluto, Zumo, and more. And you can also download the free Newsmax app on your phone and watch it anytime. Watch Stinchfield tonight on Newsmax. It's TV you're going to like. Did you know you get taxed if you win a gold medal? Actually, I didn't know that if you won a gold medal, you got a cash prize. Oh, yeah, I knew that. I didn't know that. The Olympic Committee gives you cash if you win a gold, a silver, or a bronze. Tony Katz. 
Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. So the Olympics are, are done. They're they're finished. I would love to see the total ratings to see if they picked up about halfway through. Because once you got done with the woke folkness of it and you realized there were some really cool stories that people watch. So here's how it goes. Take Katie Ledecky, a swimmer, maybe. Is she the most, decora- yeah, most decorated female swimmer of all time? She won two golds. She won two silvers. When you win a gold medal, you get $37,500. $37,500 for a gold, $22,500 for a silver. Two golds, two silvers. It's $120,000. The people at Bloomberg estimate that she'll owe $44,000 in taxes for it. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, it's thirty-seven thousand each for each medal. Yeah. Okay, then right. That still sounds like a lot. Thirty-seven five for each gold medal, twenty-two five for each silver medal. It's one hundred twenty thousand dollars. The federal government is going to tax her on those earnings. It's income tax, I guess. We tax Olympic athletes. Now you could say to me, "Hey, NBA players are are Olympic athletes. We're going to tax them too." Uh, you got a problem with that? Yes. Then again, I always have a problem with taxes. So, you know, I'm true to form. We're taxing an Olympic athlete. Then there's uh, Katie, uh, is it Najiot? Najiot? Nagot? She won gold in U.S. women's pole vault. She gets $37,500, one gold medal, and she won't be taxed on that at all because she didn't win enough. Ah, we shouldn't be taxing people on. I'm fine with the exemption. On Olympic income. Because if it if you take somebody like the NBA team, right, or the USA men's basketball, and they're all millionaires, yeah, that's true. But we're the ones who want them playing in the game so we win the golds. Just so we're clear. I mean, that's how this all came to be. But you're talking about the, the pole vaulter? Unless she's going to end up getting some kind of, like, fitness contract or, or do some modeling or something else that, that can come of it. Where's her money? I don't want to tax her. Anything we can do that can bring about less taxation, I'm in favor of. Anything that we could support that has people talking about less taxes, I'm 100% down for. 100%. I don't want Katie. She might have sponsorship opportunities, sure, but I don't want her, you know, hit with this. Then again, uh, Megan Rapinoe, I don't mind if she gets taxed. She's now a spokesperson for Subway, the sandwiches, and people who own the franchises are up in arms because people are coming in complaining. that like, How can you have this woman uh, you know, being your spokesperson? I don't want to eat here now. And so the franchisees are like, look, we're not at fault for this. We're, we're local business owners. Please help us. And people are like, nope. Nope, 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 nope. Don't have Megan Rapino represent you. She's not somebody who should represent you. Now, I can't remember the last time I was at a subway, but will it, would it make me change my mind if Megan Rapino was the, is the sponsor? Possibly. I know there are individual franchises, but man, bad pick. Bad pick. Let's talk about Fear Incorporated coming up. I'm Tony Katz.
Holy cow, the Trump derangement syndrome is something. Yeah, Glenn Kirshner on MSNBC talking to Dino Badala, who is another piece of work. The Trump derangement syndrome, full on. As a matter of fact, Trump should get arrested now before something else happens. David, in support of an arrest warrant, handed to a judge, and that judge, 10 times out of 10, would sign an arrest warrant for Donald Trump. That's the part that really irks me to no end, because there are crimes for which Donald Trump can and should be arrested and indicted right now, but instead we are leaving him out there to grift his base, to continue to push the big lie, and to recruit foot soldiers for insurrection 2.0. That's what has to be addressed now. They can't stop talking about it. Talking about Trump, pretending that uh, he's, he's leading people to insurrection. They can't stop. Maybe they understand that gas prices are at an all-time high. Maybe they understand the border, as I've been discussing, is a complete and total mess. They've absolutely failed the country on COVID and have done nothing but spread fear, which will get us into a conversation of fear incorporated. They can't stop. They don't know how to stop. Do they know yet that Trump isn't president? He's not the president. So why are you still having these conversations, you lunatics? Why do you keep doing this? And why do you keep on, and when it comes to uh, the, 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 the conversation of masks and vaccines, why do you keep saying that there are people out there who want to kill their kids? You know, Reverend, I am not a lawyer, and I tell folks this all the time on Woke AF, but the reality is, is that I am waiting for the class action lawsuits against these Republican governors who are endangering their constituents. It makes absolutely no sense, to Michael's point. Why have we politicized the pandemic? Why have we allowed this to happen in this nation where we're seeing school board meetings be interrupted by people who are saying no no masking of my children when we are seeing an uptick in children, not just in this country, but around the world. I am so glad you're woke AF. Too bad it doesn't make you smart. Masks don't work. And we haven't discussed what they're doing to kids regarding respiratory issues. They don't work. Scott Gottlieb is a former director of the Food and Drug Administration. He thinks kids should be in KN95 masks. Well, at least an N95 mask, you'd have a shot. But now you have to assume that a child will be able to wear it appropriately for seven hours. What do you do during lunchtime? Seven hours wearing a mask. You're out of your head. But this woman, she she can't understand it. Danielle Moody. She's woke AF, which means, um, I, I don't think I'm allowed to say. This is the kind of madness going on all around the country. This is the kind of silliness taking place a a total total lack of of rational thinking but rather of constant hate and derision and not only fear-mongering but if you disagree with us well then you have to be destroyed remember not only would you argue that glenn kirshner over there at msnbc believes that trump should be arrested why shouldn't you be arrested who knows what you might do We're going to get to that in a second. I want you to put that on the side just for a moment. Let me hit a couple things really quick. One is Senator, Senator, 
Lord forbid, Representative Adam Kinzinger. Thank you. Thank you very much. Who tweets out, if you didn't serve in the Revolutionary War and refer to yourself as a patriot, you probably are not one. What is going on? If you didn't serve in the Revolutionary War and refer to yourself as a patriot, you probably are not one. Ew, David. What? Why, why would you say this? What is the point of this? The Republican from Illinois who believes Trump is the enemy, who believes that an insurrection took place, who's sitting on that January 6th commission, we have to find the truth. He's crying. What are you, what are you, what are you doing? Buying into the methodology, the theory that somehow to call yourself a patriot or to believe yourself a patriot is... Is what, hack? Hokey? I think it matters to a lot of people. The very concepts of patriotism matter to a lot of people. They're proud of it. They want it. They actually love their country. It's important to them. Isn't that right, Tamara Stock? Your shoulders looks pretty good. How does that feel to represent your country like this? It feels amazing. I love representing the U.S. I freaking love living there. I love it, and I'm so happy I get to represent U.S.A. Not a patriot? Female wrestler wins gold. Incredible story. Not a patriot? Okay. Look, look. Representative Kinzinger, you, you've clearly shown us that you are, are the intellectual, and we have much to learn from you. Thank you so much for letting us know uh, that patriotism is dead. Wait, hold on. Let's just in. It's 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 not. It's not. It is not dead. Sorry, Representative Kinzinger. It seems that you were wrong. Again. But what is more wrong than Fear Incorporated? You can find the story at WIBC.com. You can find the story at my site, TonyCats.com. Fear Incorporated is how I describe this push to say, oh, if you're not vaccinated, well, let's ruin you. Now, I have spoken very, very clearly on this subject that I think the vaccine works. And I know people want to yell at me for saying that. And I just, go ahead. Go ahead. I think I've got facts, logic, and reason on my side. But one of the things I don't believe in is force. And I am seeing people Push the idea of forcing vaccines. Employers should force vaccines. Federal government should force vaccines. Michael Brendan Doherty, writing over at National Review, really interesting piece. It's a piece I thought I could have written. He writes, this is a question of politics, political culture, the authority of normal life versus the respected authorities in charge of public health. Public health authorities don't know how to stop giving you extra restrictive advice. And they can't learn how to stop giving it if we don't learn how to stop asking for it. Or until we start ignoring what they say and start punishing politicians who translate their guidance into nuisances. He's making a good point, and and I agree with the overall point. 
The expert class doesn't know what it's doing. Stop asking them. The experts have done us wrong time and again and again and again. The experts in the FBI, when's the last time they were right? Don't get me wrong, they've done some good things. But on the big subjects where we talk about the top brass, when have they been right? When has the CIA been right in the last 40 years? Well, is, that, is that wrong to ask? Oh, talk about our institutions that way. They're wrong. They're terrible. They fail in every single way. I shouldn't notice? I think we should notice. But I, even as somebody who sees the vaccine working, I can understand that some people are hesitant or, or, or reticent. I don't think these are bad people. I don't think these are people who should be attacked. If we take a look at data, the percentage of total population that has received at least one COVID-19 vaccine dose by race or ethnicity, the highest amount are people who are Asian. The lowest amount is the people who are black. 39% of Hispanics, 34% of blacks, 47% of white people, 62% of Asians. Now, for all the people who want to say, well, it's just because those Trump supporters, you see. Of course they're lying. Of course they're lying. They'll never, ever talk about uh, the reticence of black America, if we want to call it that one monolithic group, which they're not to get vaccinated and they've got their own reasons for that people have issues why in the world would you call them terrible awful people or maybe they don't have issues maybe they've got reasons so let me give you a a little more into my own thoughts so you know where i'm coming from and you can agree disagree etc i oppose all concepts of forced vaccination I find those who favor employers demanding their employees get vaccinated to be disgusting. And it's more than just a strong disagreement. The people who advocate for forced vaccination believe in an America that is anything but America. So I support those who have already had COVID deciding that they do not need the vaccine. You know, this is the Senator Rand Paul conversation. Doctor in his own right. If you you have had covid you have the antibodies you could say to yourself all right i I, i'm I'm good i'm I'm past this i'm moving on there's no need for a vaccine now maybe there's a doctor out there who disagrees but if you and your doctor say now you don't need the vaccine you're fine you're good my father is 83 my father had covid the question is does he need the vaccine doesn't he get to make that call You're going to tell that man who has already had the virus he can't come into your restaurant because of it? I mean, it's your restaurant. But you're weird. You're weird and you're anti-science. Doesn't he have an argument to make? Should his employer now force a vaccine upon him? Should society? Forcing those people to get a vaccine seems to me it seems backwards and irrational. Now, I support the use of monoclonal antibodies or any other therapeutic, any other thing out there that a citizen and their doctor decide to take. Now, to that end, I support a citizen and their doctor deciding to use hydroxychloroquine. 
I support a citizen and their doctor deciding to use ivermectin. Now, I will tell you the amount I know about ivermectin is very, very small. Been around for forever. Super cheap. Does it work? I don't know. Check with your doctor. It's just people are talking about it. However, not so much on social media. I am pretty sure that the phrase, I support a citizen and their doctor deciding to use ivermectin, that'll get you banned from Facebook. And this is where the horror is. Imagine the world we Americans live in now, where when you state, I support citizens and their doctors making decisions about their own health, including what treatments to try, that's considered a radical revolutionary act. Now, I got backup because guys like Joe Rogan, I, I don't have it edited, so I can't play it on his podcast, refer to these people, all right? The politicos, the health professionals, the media refers to them as many dictators. He's absolutely correct. Absolutely, positively correct. There are certain occupations that require vaccines, but forcing employees to get vaccinated not allowing them to avail themselves of all the other options or consult with their doctor and and even choose no option, that's twisted. It's the instilling of fear into the citizenry. You're talking about hammering away at Americans who refuse to comply, who just want to know the information and do what is best for them and their families. And so it's started me down this road of discussing this as the post-Americanism. Now, it could could possibly be described as post-constitutionalism, but I think that's a debate for another time. Post-Americanism is the only way I can logically explain the media, the government, corporate giants demanding Americans give up their right to say no or to disagree. It's better explained by Biden, who knew the eviction moratorium is illegal and didn't care. Okay, thank you. I went ahead and did it, but here's the deal. I can't guarantee you the court won't rule if we don't have that authority. But at least we'll have the ability to, if we have to appeal, keep this going for a month. At least, I hope longer. He knows he has no authority. Because an eviction moratorium is the taking of personal property. You rent out the property. Now he said you're not allowed to rent out the property. He took your property rights away from you. That is a post-Americanism. He committed a crime, as I see it, that no Republicans have pushed for impeachment is beyond me. So they will admit that they will push for a vaccination through financial intimidation and through the taking of property rights and through coercion. And so I was reminded of Murder Incorporated from the 30s. These Italians, these Jews, organized crime, Albert Anastasia and Lucky Luciano and Frank Gabandando and and Bugsy Siegel. These were the contract killers for the mob. Nearly a thousand murders in the span of just over a decade. But their purpose wasn't to kill. Their purpose was to instill fear in anyone and everyone connected to them to remind them that no one was immune from retribution if this such retribution was deemed necessary. And today we have fear incorporated. Biden, the Democratic Party, corporate, cultural, and medical institutions, and media at large. If you don't listen to them, they take your jobs, they ruin you on social media, they take your property rights, they threaten your financial freedom, and one can assume they'll discuss taking your physical freedom soon enough. It is up to us to stand up. 
It is up to us to say no. I think the vaccine works, but I don't get to decide for other people. But forcing the vaccine, these people want fear because fear brings them control. I'm Tony Katz. In Afghanistan, the Taliban has taken over their third city. This one, this third one, a big one. So it leads us to question whether or not the pullout of Afghanistan was the right move. Does this make sense? But remember, it was Donald Trump who wanted to pull out of Afghanistan as well. Exactly how long can you stay in a country before you say, okay, we're done here? The mission is actually accomplished. Missions do change, but can we allow them to change that keep us there for forever? I'm one of the people opposed to this. Meanwhile, what happens to Afghanistan? How does it affect U.S. foreign policy? How does it affect U.S. security? Major Mike Lyons, CBS News radio military analyst, scheduled to be with us next. We're going to break this down. Are we going to see U.S. troops have to go back? What would that even look like? And why can't you just destroy the Taliban? Oh, yeah, that's right. We're making deals with them. How did that work out? Major Mike Lyons, he's scheduled up next. I'm Tony Katz. Great to be here.